Welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Andrew Abrahamian, with episode 10. I have a very special guest. His name is Matt Fries. Matt is currently playing professionally in the MLS as a goalkeeper for NYCFC. And he made a recent move from Philadelphia Union, which is how we got to know each other. But welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks for having me. Pumped to be on. Yeah. No, we've been trying to schedule this for about like two weeks now, but like ideally longer. Um, but our schedules have been tough as as they usually are as athletes and people that are busy bodies. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Matt, we'll start with a little intro. Tell the people who you are, where you're from, who's in your family. Where do you stand with all that? Yeah, so I grew up, uh, I would say that I grew up in Philly, but I um, kind of moved all around when I was younger. I was born in Philadelphia and then moved to Minnesota and then moved to South Carolina and then moved back to Minnesota and then I moved back to Philly again. Um, we just kind of always, <laughs> my, my dad's job was always on the move. And then we finally set up shop more permanently in Philadelphia. Um, I loved, I, I still love Philly. It's a great place, great people there. Um, and that's kind of, you know, the different areas definitely influenced my athletic journey for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and also I think moving around really helped my siblings and I become close because we were yeah. always, you know, leaving our friends and leaving family friends and stuff like that. So my siblings and I are really close. I have three older siblings, um, Jack, Lissa, and Tim. I'm the youngest uh, by mm -hmm. age and by personality. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can confirm that Matt's a, a fun guy to hang out with. He's got a lot of a lot of goofy, funny energy. Um, so hopefully that that comes out in this today a little bit. Compliment um, taken. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, he's a guy you're gonna want to hang out with. So if you ever see him, go up and say hey. He'll probably make a joke of some sort. Um, but yeah, Matt, you moved a lot when you were younger. I I didn't even know that it was. I didn't know how much you moved before today but we've been friends for years now. So it's kind of cool to, to keep learning new stuff. Um, yeah. But let's jump into as a kid, like starting off as somebody who is athletic, like sports, what did you play? And yeah, we'll just start there. Yeah. So, so moving all around kind of caused me to see a bunch of, you know, kind of a broad range of athletic uh, environments. Um, I, I started playing kind of every sport that I could. I played baseball, track, lacrosse, football, basketball, hockey, and soccer. <laughs> soccer was definitely not my number one sport. Um, like it wasn't my best, I would say, growing up. Uh, and then when I lived in South Carolina, I kind of fell in love with football because mm. that's such a you know it's such a big Southern football place. Yeah. Uh, my dad taught at Columbia, or sorry, my dad taught at USC. Uh, when we lived in Columbia. So I would go to their games uh, and always, you know, wanted to play for them or wanted to play football in college as a quarterback. Um, and then when I moved away from South Carolina, that kind of changed and soccer yeah. kind of took over as what I wanted to do. Um, always wanted to go pro in soccer, but I didn't know that it was really possible. So I continued to play other sports um, and kind of narrowed it down to track and lacrosse and soccer in, in high school when I was around yeah. uh, 13 or 14 years old. Definitely. Yeah, it makes sense. I feel like that's a good point. Like the environment and the culture that you're raised in has a huge impact on for sure what sports you play. And 
I like think in, where, in, South, in South Carolina, the entire town w- on Friday nights would be at the high school football game. Yeah, Friday night lights. Is yeah, real Friday, thing. literally like Friday night lights. And then yeah. we'd move, we moved to Minnesota and like no one cared about any sports <laughs> other than hockey. Yeah. And that's when yeah. I started hockey again. Um, mm-hmm. And then I moved back to Philly. And then like it was kind of like lacrosse was really big. Soccer was bit, very big as well. Um, so, you know, the, the place that you live definitely has an impact on that for sure. Yeah. And I guess I didn't even ask. So when you played football, what position were you? This could have had an impact on your soccer. I, would it, I was a quarterback. I was young. So it wasn't yeah. like there were like real positions. Right. Right. I wanted to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back, I think probably wide receiver would have been the right position for me. I don't yeah. know if quarterback is, but I think wide receiver or tight end would probably be the right position just knowing how I ended up growing yeah. and stuff like that. For sure. Yeah, I think for somebody that's a goalie, ironically a couple goalies I know have this trait, but Matt is lightning fast. Like he would probably beat me in a race. I'll give you like seven um, eight, eight out of ten times. Yeah, I don't know about that anymore. But no, there was a period of time yeah. where I was really fast for sure. When I was when I was running track, I loved running. Um I was a hurdler and sprinter. Um, it's weird because I don't look like I'd be fast. <laughs> no, I know it's crazy, but you have that explosive speed, which obviously helps as a goalie. Yeah, um, shorter distances, but uh, it's I'm not a long distance guy. I give yeah. up. I give up after probably a few, a few hundred meters. Yeah, that's why. That's why we put you back in goal now. Yeah, um, but sorry, let's jump into. So now you're back in Philly officially after moving all around, and. We met first with Penn Fusion, I think it was. Is that how we first oh, met? Or was it EA and Malvern. It was a little bit of both, I guess, at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So Matt Freeze joined the team that I played for when I was younger, Penn Fusion, like the year that I left, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and he went to one of our rival high schools in Pennsylvania called Episcopal Academy. It's where all the people that can't get into Malvern go. So exactly. Yeah. And the guy, and the the guys that like girls, because Malvern's an all guys school. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like when when I joined Penn Fusion, like we like knew of each other, but we didn't know yeah. each other that well. Yeah. Um, and like we always like knew who we each other were, but we never like fully hung out and, and became friends until I guess after that on the academy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Technically, I feel like you just followed me through your your soccer. Yeah, I was always like one <laughs> step behind you. Yeah, but hey, look at you now. You're about 25 steps ahead of me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Matt and I grew up close to each other. Matt ended up joining the Philadelphia Union Academy, which is where we got very close. Like we were in training every day together. I scored like eight out of 10 shots on him every practice. Oh, my God. <laughs> how, do you, how do you stop recording? <laughs> uh, no, but Matt is... He was an incredible, is an incredible goalie. Um, joined the union for, I think it was what, like two years at the end, something like that. Yeah. Well, I think it was, I think I was always training for like two or three yeah. years from like, yeah. you know, end of sophomore year on, but I didn't join officially until second semester of senior year because I was playing yeah. high school soccer all four True. years. True. Yeah. That Did is for high school soccer. I forget. Did I what? Did you play high school soccer for all four? I forget what happened. I played. High school varsity soccer in, in eighth grade, and then I stopped because I joined yeah. the union, and I didn't 
I wasn't able to work it like Matt Freeze and yeah, I, be able to play both sides. I wanted to, but I just decided to stick with the union. Um, yeah. But yeah, so then, so from there, so let's talk about this decision actually. So you, we'll backtrack a little bit. You went from playing like 19,000 sports to choosing soccer. How did you choose soccer, even though you were like a great track athlete? And- um, I think... I mean, I, I didn't really choose until I was probably 17 or 18. Okay. I played across until I was 16. Then I had sol- shoulder surgery, so I missed the season. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, like, fell out of love with that sport. And then uh, I kept running track. I ran track all four years, actually. My senior spring of high school, I was doing track and Union Academy. So I would, like... Okay. have a track meet on a Friday and then played on the union for the Saturday games yeah. and stuff. So I think it wasn't at any point I stopped running track. I think it was mm-hmm. like, it was just like it there, it became a natural end. Yeah. Um, I, I had a few like, you know, some, some interest to run in college from, from coaches for me to run at college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I decided either track or soccer in college and um, definitely soccer was just like, my passion and and what yeah. I found myself wanting to do more um mm-hmm. and also at that point when I was 17 I started to really really want to go pro and wanted to do kind of everything I could do to make that happen gotcha yeah I make that makes a lot of sense you're I guess one of the lucky ones that got to to ride it out longer I've had some other guests on the show that are saying kind of similar to what I said like around eighth grade they had to like decide because yeah like especially girls like girls usually get recruited a lot earlier. So they have to like commit a lot. Like I that. think it was actually, I, I, I'm, it's unusual, but I think it was also really good for my soccer career that I was able to do both because sure. I didn't yeah. burn out at all. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes when you, when you special specialize, yeah. When you specialize in one thing, Harvard just, education. Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh, I really had to think about that one. Um, uh, but like, I feel like I always, liked being on the soccer field because I was doing the other things and I never burned out of soccer. Yeah. That, no, it makes total sense. It's fun to, to be able to do different things all the time. Like even when I was playing soccer, I had to play like pick up basketball with my friends or like random things that just take your mind out of it a little bit. Cause yeah, yeah. burnout is a real thing. Um, but to keep progressing through the life of Matt freeze, let's go from, so you decided to play soccer in college. What was that recruiting process like for you? How did you come to that? And who like reached out to you? What was your decision? Yeah, so I was, I definitely wanted to make sure that I was going to a really good academic school. Um, and until probably, until I joined Penn Fusion, I don't think there was like serious, like conversation between me and college coaches. Yeah. Um, but Penn Fusion was such a good club and it was nationally known. So mm-hmm. I, um, when that happened, um, I ended up having offers and, you know, interest or whatever you call it from, I think like my, the five that I wanted the most were um, Harvard, UVA, Nova, Duke, and Maryland were like the five that I mm-hmm. really wanted. Um, yeah. It was like a pretty broad mix of like, academic yeah. to athletic schools, um, you know, like state schools to private schools, things like that. So uh, I went on visits to all of them. And then ultimately I picked Harvard. Uh, my dad went there. My, both my brothers were there. 
Yeah. Uh, none of them played sports, but it was just kind of like, I, I, you know, I went there when I was like two years old from my dad's reunion and it kind of mm-hmm. like naturally felt like home. Yeah. Second home. So um, ultimately kind of decided there. Makes sense. Yeah. That the family aspect and like being familiar, I think is a huge, a huge bonus to be able to go to a school that you have like that connection with and understanding. Um, and yeah. obviously the best academic school of the, of that group that you mentioned, not that the others aren't, but Harvard is Harvard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't yeah, I'm sure I've heard before Penn Fusion loves to uh to boast about the Stanford Harvard <laughs> guys from yeah. our class. So we we got the they call Stanford the Harvard of the West Coast. So Or do they call Harvard the Stanford of the East Coast? I'm not sure. Probably both. Probably both. <laughs> um or the, I think it's like the Ivy of the West Coast, something like that. But yeah, if, I don't know what it is, but something like yeah, that. That rings better. Um, but all right. So now you're at college, made it party animal. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I wish dude. <laughs> no, nah, we, we can't do that. Right. As yeah, athletes, way too busy. Yeah. As athletes yeah. and stuff, but talk to me about, put yourself back in those shoes of freshmen at Harvard, Matt Freeze. any, anything coming to mind of experiences or mindset? Yeah, it was, um, I'll be honest when I got there, it wasn't, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really was so excited to get up there and it was a great recruiting process and stuff like that. Um, and then I got there and it was like the team had just gone through a little bit of like turmoil and had gotten in trouble the year before I got there. Yeah. Uh, and so kind of the, the vibes on the team weren't, weren't necessarily great. Um, it seemed like it, the team was like a little bit unfocused and uneasy around each other. Yeah. Um, and I also, and this is something I would, I would publicly say is like, I don't really think Harvard is a, is a place that supports its athletes. Um, I think it's like a little bit antiquated in the way that Mm -hmm. it it views athletics. Um, Like I think very rightfully so Harvard is, you know, progressive and wants to be a very modern school. But I think within that concept, they kind of forgot or have not realized how, um, how important and how helpful being part of a sports team can be for, you know, for a human being and developing a person rather than just a, you know, a millionaire career person. Um, and I didn't really necessarily feel that supported there. For example, like the little things like the investments into the facilities were really, really low and very, the facilities Mm -hmm. were really bad the like we didn't have like a dining hall that was for athletes so yeah. we would practice at like let's say like 6 six thirty. like we would have to rush out of practice and sprint to the caf cafeteria <laughs> yeah. to get food by the time it closed and mm-hmm. it was just like a lot of things like that um that were a little bit disappointing from a, from a soccer perspective but then outside the soccer perspective like i loved school i met so many great people there really really intellectual and interesting people Mm-hmm. Um, learned a lot in my classes and, um, yeah, it was, you know, socially it was, it was an Ivy league school, so it wasn't like the biggest school ever, yeah. but it was, uh, it was a great, really great experience outside of the soccer world. Yeah, definitely. And I can, I can echo that with, with Stanford, obviously Stanford's a bit different. Um, I feel like, I feel like Stanford 
is is what I'm describing like Harvard should be like. You know, yeah. still really great academics, yeah. unbelievable academics and extracurriculars and things like that. But then mm-hmm. they also realize the merit of sports and what it teaches you and like invest yeah. properly into that. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. I think Stanford is able to do a really good job of, of mixing that one they're They're not an Ivy league school, so they do offer all like scholarships and stuff, which yeah. makes a big difference. Um, and people are more invested in it, but yeah, like, but one thing I did notice, we didn't have an athlete dining hall either until my senior year, which is crazy. Really? We had like a snack stand, like or a fueling station. Okay, but what time did your dining halls and caf- cafeterias like close? Probably, I think I have to think back. I think it's probably seven. Right around really? That. So, yeah. what, how would you guys get food after practice? Yeah, so we we would have to like strategically practice in the middle of the day. Like yeah, like, like that's crazy to me. How go yeah, go to class after that. It's like mandated yeah. practices, and then they don't align with times where you can get food at the dining yeah. hall. It's you crazy. have to pay for. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, just a side note, a little insight into our lives as as D one athletes or yeah. prior lives. Um, but yeah, so all right, you weren't feeling the love of sports as much the support of sports. The team was kind of not the morale and hype that you wanted. So take mm-hmm. me into that season. You obviously played pretty well and still we're keeping up with your um, soccer prowess despite that. So how did that, how'd your mindset change? Because you obviously left Harvard early. So talk about how that process started. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't play a ton my freshman year, played a few games and did well. And mm-hmm. then the spring happened. And like, by then, like I was like, playing very well and the team had a little bit turned around there's a different atmosphere but I had already kind of made my mind up that I was going to leave and then so I think I think like sometime in the spring I forget exactly the timing of it all um like I was working working with a few agents unofficially because I was still in college Mm -hmm. and we set up a few trials in Europe for me to go train there and trial um, and then that summer I also trained with the union f- kind of full-time with their first team, didn't yep. do an internship or anything like that. I was just full-time with, with the union. And kind of after that, we all decided, um, my, my family and I decided like, you know, I'll, I'll go back one more semester, do my sophomore fall and then, and then sign my deal with the union and, and be a homegrown player. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy how, how it came out and like, I'm sure in the moment of freshman you, you were probably like feeling really bad about yourself, right? Like what kind of mental state were you in once you got there? And like, it was was like, I I felt like I was just like wasting away. Like I felt like I was like, I'd get out to the field and I'd be like, I'm not really learning anything. And, and like, you know, my goalkeeper coach was great and and we had a great relationship. He was Mm -hmm. awesome. But I was like, I could be like, playing pro right now like what am i doing yeah, uh, yeah. i'm not for the the options there like school after after my first semester i was allowed to take a leave of absence and mm-hmm. i was like okay like school can wait i can go back later on right and finish. like why am i why am i delaying playing pro my mm-hmm. my body can only hold up for so many years like this is limited right. school is always going to be there because i had already locked it in mm-hmm. and so um I think the decision was like a, kind of a no brainer and it really helped me 
like mentally just be like, okay, I'm not wasting my talents anymore. I'm just going to go for it. Right. Definitely. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's, I think it's something that is pretty common, obviously not common that you have the like abilities and opportunities that you have and got, but that people struggle like freshman year, you're like, you come into this as like, like you said, even from like a professional academy, like the Philadelphia Union, where we got all that food, we got all that, like, it was like everything. Training. Yeah. And then, and we were on like great facilities and like great training and, and everyone you're playing with is amazing. And then you go to college and, and also don't forget like the transition from senior year of high school to freshman year of college is yeah. like, is just brutal socially and personally. Like it's your For first sure. time living away from home. You're going from like top dog at your school. I'm a cool senior, you know, 18 year old. And then you're going and like, you're the bottom dog at a college. No one knows who you are, that type of thing. So yeah. freshman year, I think for, for many people outside of the sports world too, it's just a difficult transition period. Yeah. hundred percent. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, Matt freeze is not, he's included in that too. He didn't have a glorious start <laughs> to his soccer career, even though it might look like it, but um, yeah. So all right, from there, you decided to leave after your fall semester. How were you talk about for people? Some people might not be soccer fans at all, but like, how did, how'd you get drafted? How'd you play for the union? What's that process like? Yeah. So when you're, when you play for an an MLS Academy team, so I played, Andrew and I both played for uh, the union Academy. Uh, They have like the rights to sign you, they call it the homegrown Mm -hmm. rights. And it's a homegrown player means um, you were born in that area or you played with the, the, the MLS Academy um and so they have the right to sign you before entering the draft so Mm -hmm. i didn't and i didn't go into the draft or anything like that it was kind of like we had already had already made our deal and 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 philly and i had already agreed on everything um you know after my season ended so i went and signed that uh and ultimately ended up being a really great place for me to be it's a it's a great kind of development mind developmental minded franchise and they really like to play their young guys and develop their young guys there um and uh i became really close with the starter ahead of me he's he's the best goalie in the history of the league and and one of things so it was it was really amazing to be there yeah definitely i think it's uh and it's also one you're close to home too so like you had all your friends growing up around you, you had your yeah. family close by, uh, which is a huge plus. And I think that's one of the cool things about the homegrown deal that Matt's talking about. Like, and that's one side note too, to add for people like the Philadelphia Union Academy is free. Like they pay for everything for us. Mm-hmm. So, and people are like, why the hell do they do that? Well, the reason they do it is because they get to sign people like Matt early and they return on their investment once you sign somewhere else, right? Or something like that. Yeah, like if there are two forms of like getting money back is like the first is like if they sell that player, mm-hmm. um, so like for example, Brendan Aronson, they sold for $6 million, Mark McKenzie, you know, four or five or $6 million. And then me, I got sold for, I think $400,000. So it's like they get yeah. money back in that way, but they also get money back in terms of they save money by not having to pay to, right. to sign other players. Like we're essentially free agents. They get mm-hmm. signed as free agents, but we have to go to the union. So it makes sense. Right. Uh, yeah. kind of how they get their money back. 
Yeah, that's a much better description than I gave. One, because you've actually lived it. I haven't lived it. I'm also really interested in that side of things. Yeah, for sure. So st- stay tuned for Matt becoming a, a GM one day or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, but we got we got to keep the ball rolling here because you got you've done a lot in your life. So let's talk about um, those trial periods where you played. What clubs did you play for in Europe or train with? What did that do for you as a player? Yeah, when I was 18, I was at Menu for a month um, training with the reserves, and there was sometimes a mixture of reserves and first team, which was really awesome. Yeah, um, like sat next to Scott McTominay uh, in the locker room and Dean Henderson and uh, Paul Pogba sat next to me a few times. And like these yeah. are you know, starters in the Prem now, yeah. which is awesome. Um, so it was great to be there. And then uh, and during college, I went over again. I trained with Liverpool and Bournemouth um, and it was great. You know, learned a lot there, I would say. At that point, like kind of things in America weren't what they are now um, in terms Mm -hmm. of like how competitive it is and the training environments and how cutthroat it is. But now it's a lot more cutthroat and a lot more serious. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was always serious, but like I think infrastructure and the people in place, the higher up people in place weren't necessarily here yet. Mm -hmm. And so I learned some of those attitudes and that competition spirit and and the, the hard work. I learned a lot there and really try to take that to the union when I ultimately signed with Philly. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a, a pretty cool experience. I just wanted to shout it out because you played with some of the top clubs in, in Europe. So yeah, it was definitely awesome. cool. That's some, so, some of those names he mentioned are worth like 50 million plus now. Like yeah. it's, it's crazy. So, um, and then from there, obviously played for the union. I want to talk about the mindset of somebody who's behind somebody so great, like Andre Blake, who was like up for MVP, like basically every year goalkeeper yeah. of the year, basically every year. How is it? Cause you're obviously a player that deserves, deserved and deserves to start still. What was it like in Philly being behind him, knowing he's like the best? Well, at first it was like, I had no idea if I was going to be good, if I was going to be able to keep, you know, pull my weight in the pro level. So like mm-hmm. first, first year, I was like just happy, you know, happy to be there. I, I worked hard still, but like yeah, yeah. I was not at all frustrated. I was like, this is sick. I'm working with Andre Blake every day. He taught yeah. me, taught me a lot. Um, and I, you know, I learned from just watching him. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was, it was really cool for the first year and two years. And then after that, um, I kind of realized that at some point you need to, you know, you know, at some point there's kind of a cap on how much you can learn without actually putting in putting it into practice. Just I guess games in that yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, I was learning a ton over the last few years and practicing every day and doing well in training. And and at some point, I kind of realized that like I wanted to either be in a different spot so I can challenge for a starting position or challenge for Andre's starting position. And I knew who Andre was and. And I yeah. knew that necessarily wasn't wasn't necessarily the case that was going to happen in Philly right now. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, we all kind of worked together and found a good spot for me to be at, uh, which which ended up being New York. Yeah, definitely. So now we're getting closer to present day now with uh, with Matt and NYCFC. And so when did you officially leave? The, how long were you at the union and when did you leave? 
to go to I was the there four year officially for four years um kind of longer because i trained there a little bit beforehand and stuff like that but yeah. officially on their roster for four seasons and then um i started this past season so six months ago five months ago i got traded to new york uh their their starter had just left in free agency to toronto um the goalkeeper coach was my olympic goalkeeper coach we knew each other and and he knew i think he you know he probably you know i don't know how how everything started maybe it's agents or if he started the ball rolling with with talking to my gm i'm not sure how that worked but yeah uh, you know that that possibility and that opportunity was brought brought up to me and and definitely something i'm thankful that philly kind of let let this happen and and allowed me to go you know develop somewhere else in 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 a way that i think is more appropriate for the stage i was at yeah for sure i think definitely it's like you said, it's tough. Like at, at first you're a pro, it's great. And then you're like, especially as a goalie, cause you can't like goalies don't get subbed in goalies. Yeah, you don't get like, you don't get like or you're not. so hard because it was like, you train so hard all week. And then like the, the cool, get the cool day, which is game day. I was yeah. like, Oh, like today I'm actually, today's my off day. Like I'm not doing anything today. Yeah. It's weird. It's and weird. mentally like you're preparing in case you have to play or something. But then, you know, after mm-hmm. every single game, you're just like, dang, like I didn't do anything today. Yeah. So I think what I hear underlying that is like it takes a specific like discipline and focus to be a goalie, especially somebody who's fighting for that top spot, but knows at, at that moment you're not going to be starting. Definitely. So how have it's, you like trained that? Discipline. I think the, the way that I phrase it and like the what I would say – in like an interview in the future about what soccer told me or taught yeah. me is, is that it taught me how to work hard without any promise of reward. Cause like, mm. I think a lot of times like people yeah. work hard because they want to get promoted or they work hard to achieve something. Like I was working hard at that time in Philly for like essentially for no reason, not, right. not for no reason, but like yeah. there was no immediate reward I was getting from that. Right. Um, I was still going to be behind Andre there. I, I was learning for sure. And I was in improving, but like, again, like there's no point in improving if you're not able to show that to people um, or show that to yourself in, 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 in games. And so I think that was like a lot, probably the biggest lesson I learned was just the fact that you have to hard, you have to work hard regardless of if you're getting a reward for it. For sure. Yeah. I think that's, that's huge. A lot of people, myself included, probably fall for that of like, I'm working hard for the destination or like what, what I'm supposed to get after I work hard instead of just being the person that works hard, no matter what, yeah, like, exactly. no matter what you get. And ultimately, I think there were things that came from that. Like there were a lot of things that came from that. The first is that I think my team really, really respected me uh, and yep. they wanted me to see, succeed if that makes sense, because Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, this guy just worked his ass off for four years for for no, you know, tangible reward. Yeah. Um, so I think I got, I think the team really respected me and the coaching staff respected me. Um, and also kind of what kept me going at, at the toughest points was like, there is a, a point later, you know, years, years from now in the future where yeah. I'm going to have to implement everything I'm learning. I'm going to have to be in shape. I'm going to have to have certain skills that I can really hone in on now um, and learn from Andre and, and ultimately, hopefully in the future, show that in games. Yeah, 100%. I think 
kudos to you for sticking with it. First of all, I think that's like, it, it does speak volumes and especially with teammates, like they saw how hard you work and so they're rooting for you. And that's like, that's a good feeling. I feel like at the end of the day, it's your teammates that keep you going. Like, cause that's who you're with like the whole time. Obviously it's, it starts with yourself. Like you have to have that, but surrounding yourself with good teammates who support you, you support them. That's like the blessing of sports, I think um, specifically sure. soccer. So I'm glad to hear that. That's, that's the case with you. Who could hate Matt Freeze? I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if anybody could. Trust me. There is, there are some people. Don't worry. <laughs> maybe, maybe a few girls in the past. I don't know. <laughs> But that's about it. <laughs> um, but all right. So now we'll get back to present day. So now you are in the Big Apple or just outside of the Big Apple. Outside the Big Apple. In, uh, in Hoboken. How has the adjustment from Philly area to New York life been? What's How's New York treating you? Uh, it's great so far. Um, I think the team is like, a, I would say, a different. It's a very different atmosphere. Um, from the one in Philadelphia. Um, we're a very young team right now, and, and we have a ton of uh, ton of talent. We're a very, very talented team, but I think in terms of, like, maturity on the field and off the field and, and com- you know, uh, chemistry, like, I think we're still building. Um, yeah. But it's a, a definitely a team that has, like, a very bright future. So it's great to be a part of it and great to be, in a way, like, a, you know, a little bit of a step up uh, in terms of, like, my veteran veteranship and my leadership ability here because I'm yeah. not necessarily the young guy anymore. Like I was in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's, it's a great opportunity to, to learn kind of how to be a leader within a team and an organization um, in, in a different way than I think I was able to in Philly at that point. So mm-hmm. it's good. And, and life here is great. I'm living with my brother and his wife right now. Um this is funny. Andrew and I were actually considering living together a few uh, yeah. months ago. Yeah, a few months ago, we were thinking about it, um, which would have been sick. Uh, I'm in Hoboken right now. Um, yeah. I'm just going to stay with my, my brother and his wife. Um, but yeah, Hoboken's great. Uh, the, the organization and, and the team, it's, it's really awesome to be a part of it for sure. Yeah, and they have the new – there's a new stadium plan, right, or something crazy. Yeah, they're starting – they're going to build this – I think they already started it, I think. Um, but it's going to be ready for the 2027 season. Okay. Uh, I think that'll be dope because it's right after the World Cup. Yeah, um, people are going to be loving uh, soccer. The league's going to keep going up, and, like, that's going yeah. that's going to be a huge year or two years for the league. So I think having a stadium ready for it is going to be great. Yeah, I think that that'll be – very hype. Hopefully you're still there. Hopefully you're the starter, but you never know yeah. in the world of pro sports, you could be never, never know in the world of pro shipped sports. out to God knows where, but, yeah. um, so how about personal life now? Like what, what's your schedule? Like, is it lonely as a pro? It's nicer with your brother. What's the, the schedule? Like what's the, yeah, my, my first life? few months here were super lonely. I was just so bored every day. I lived in a one bedroom apartment um it was cold yep. i was just kind of like go to practice and then go home and like read or watch tv or something yeah uh, so it was pretty lonely but now i live with my brother it's better and i'm closer with the guys in the team and uh kind of found like you know found more of a home um yeah. and so it's it's a lot better now for sure and um yeah i mean the daily 
the daily schedule for me would be like wake up around 6.30 and then drive to practice. It's a pretty long commute. It's like an hour long drive to practice. And then mm-hmm. I'll get home around 3.30 and I'll go to a coffee shop and hang out and read or get a coffee and and then, you know, make dinner with my brother and his wife and then watch TV, go to sleep. Um, and then we're traveling a lot. Obviously, we're in season right now. So I was just gone yep. for the last week, just got home last night. And then I leave again in four days for the weekend for a game in Montreal. So it's a ton of travel, yeah. kind of like kind of like just constant movement and stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm home, it's nice to just relax and, and be with my brother and his and his wife. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of a lot of travel. It's every week, basically, um, unless you got like blessed with the home stretch of games. But yeah. Um, so you mentioned a couple of times you go to coffee shops, read, you watch some TV. What are you, what does Matt Freeze like to do? What does he stay tuned into? Uh, so I, I love the sports business world. So I'm, I'm subscribed to a bunch of um, like newsletters. Front office sports is one of them. Okay. Um, there's another one called PE hub. It's private equity, but they have like a sports, sec- a sports private equity section. Yeah. Uh, so I read that. Um, I'm on my LinkedIn all the time looking at sports journals and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I also am trying to get myself to read more, more books. Uh, yeah. I'm reading Dune right now. Do you know what it I, is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched the first half. Yeah, of the movie. So I watched the movie <laughs> and yeah. I, I was like, this is a good movie. And then my friend said that the book's even better. Yeah, so I mean, the book's I, like, it's only what, like a third of the book is the, whole first movie or something yeah so so the book is a it's like a 600 page book but it's split up into three parts so they're Uh making a movie for each part so it's essentially like three books and three movies um i'm midway through the second book second part right now so i'm asked where the movie is and so i'm excited for the rest of the movies to come out for sure yeah how long how long would it take matt freeze to read that 600 page book a long time dude (laughs) i started this Oh my God, it's so embarrassing. Uh, my girlfriend and I started dating like a year and a half ago or like, you know, 10, 10 months ago or something. Or sorry, like 14 months ago or something. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that was a pretty wide range. Right? A, a little under a year and a half. But she, when she first, when we first started dating, I had just started this book and wow. I'm still working my way through it. All right. <laughs> I bet, I bet if you watch, if you watch the movie, I was reading other books, so it's not, it's not like, it's not that right. bad. I read a few other books at the time. Yeah. You're, you're doing a lot of reading. That's not the only reading you're doing, but that's, that's pretty funny though. You gotta, gotta get going on that for at some sure. Point I'm gonna have to finish this I mean, the movie's going to come out soon enough at that point. I so. <laughs> and I know you're watching that, so you got to read it. Yeah. Um, definitely. And then last thing I like to do to end it is, Based on it could be based on what we talked about today or just something different. What kind of advice would you give to aspiring athletes who want to play pro or just love sports? What what have you learned that you think is super important for everybody to know in the, that world? Two things. The, the first one is is what I kind of just alluded to a little bit ago about working hard without reward. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like aspiring young athletes need to learn that. Cause I think when you're young, it's easy to get uh, down on yourself if you don't accomplish exactly what you want right away and, and uh, stuff like that. So I think just no matter what, be the really, be the hardworking guy in the team, be the example, um, not because it's going to help you later on, but just because it's the right thing to do 
and, and your family who are, who's putting you in the position to be on that team or to work hard, like they deserve you, they deserve for you to hard, to work hard mm-hmm. uh, and, and work as hard as you can. And then the other thing I would say is, is definitely make sure that you believe in yourself um, because I always, you know, I kept talking about how I played other sports because I didn't know if I was going to be able to go pro in soccer. And, yep. and I think that if I had known that I could have done it, I probably would have, spe- you know, specialized in soccer earlier on. And, and that probably mm-hmm. and, and could have helped my career now if I had done that. So I would say always believe in yourself and, and believe in what you want to do um, because you never know in the end what, what you're going to be able to accomplish. For sure. That's, I mean, that's awesome advice. They go hand in hand too, which is kind of cool. Like, yeah, like you're in terms of working hard, you got to believe in yourself to, to make sure yeah, you work hard. Sure. Otherwise you're not going to want to work hard. So for sure. um, that's, that's amazing advice. Thank you, Matt. And thanks for having me. Yeah, this, is this was a, a great episode. Somebody who you guys should definitely be following just in terms of life and on the field. I mean, he's going to be very successful in both. So uh, we appreciate the time for, for today and stay tuned for the next episode. Peace out. Thank you.